Hello, hello, hello. Imanaya, I'm a chef, soon to be MSU graduate, poetry lover, and most importantly, a Black woman. In this podcast, I will be discussing the implications of straight hair for Black women, putting an emphasis on how hair policies in the workplace affect us. From the dawn of time, Black women have been expected to look, act, talk, and dress a certain way. The issue of hair in America began as early as the 1800s. It is cited in the Encyclopedia of Hair, a cultural history, that in the 1800s, female slaves would use butter knives to curl their hair and make it more, quote-unquote, presentable. Yes, guys, that is right. I said butter knives. Fast forward a few years, the slave masters decided that slaves with a lighter complexion and straighter hair are more fit for quote-unquote housework instead of working in the fields. Ingraining this false perpetuated idea that Black people who appear a certain way are more valuable than others. But why? Well, I guess that's a rhetorical question because we know why. Our government, the justice system, and even corporate culture have all been dictated and rooted around a white man's ideology. I remember the first time I faced judgment because of my hair. It was so that it stuck with me vividly to this day, and it occurred when, it, when I was eight years old. But that's another story. In the 1900s, black hair began to take a turn. The early 1900s consisted of creations that would straighten the black hair. Styling tools were created to specifically smoothen hair follicles, and even some hair straightening gels and jams were created as well. This went on for a few years, but in the 1930s, Rastafarianism, which promotes the natural beauty of black hair, was created. This didn't create a big shift at the time, but I want to note this now so that when I come back later, you all can see where I'm going with this. It was not until the 1970s that the rise of Afros and Afrocentric hairstyles became popular. At this time, straightening tools were beginning to be seen as oppressive tools that shame Blacks, not enhance their beauty. Let's note that this is also when the rise of the Black Panther Party began. So how exactly does all of this tie into the issue of Black hair in the workplace? Well, it's quite simple, actually. Corporate jobs and big businesses have workplace dress code policies in place that directly affect Black women in the workplace. Dress codes are fine, as long as they don't directly target one demographic bluntly. However, that is not the case when it comes to black hair. Legally, jobs are allowed to say dreads, beards, braids, twists, and cornrows are against dress code policy if they can prove that it will affect the employee's ability to do the job. However, these jobs are these jobs are not mock tested with different people with different hairstyles in them doing the job. So why does it mean that if they don't have these, if they have these hairstyles that they can't complete their job? Why is that even a stipulation in the system? The idea of black women or black men wearing their natural hair in a protective state or naturally will not in any way, shape or form directly affect how the employee is able to do their job. Even if they have 30 inch long locks, they can always put it up in a bun or wear a hair bonnet. So there's no excuse. Nonetheless, we have only scratched the surface on these issues. Next, I want to discuss the implications of women having to straighten their hair for jobs. So from my little history lesson earlier, we learned that in the 1930s, Rastafarianism was encouraging Blacks to wear their natural hair. It wasn't until 30 years later that the message transitioned enough that it landed outside of the Rastafarian movement. 
From the time we were freed from slavery to the time of the rise of the Black Panther Party, straight hair was basically the thing. This is why it was so easy for a society led by white males to create and institute policies in the workplace that affect us. They forced Europeanized standards of beauty on us when we were enslaved. Of course, we embraced some of these negative ideologies because they were literally beat into our brains for a hundred years. And when we decided, no, we don't want to wear our hair straight. We want to wear our hair naturally the way God intended. They hated that. They labeled natural black hair as unprofessional, messy, nappy, and hard to manage. That led to oppressions in the workplace, discrimination, and falsely justified hairdress code policies. If you wear your hair naturally instead of straight to an interview, they may not even hire you. And if you do wear your hair straight to an interview and then you come back with your hair in a natural state, two things will possibly happen from my personal experience. You'll either be asked to change it back or you'll be faced with microaggressions about your hair every single day. However, before we get into more of more black issues that women face in the workplace, I would like to introduce my guest, Mariah Kaiser. Mariah is a beautiful black woman who is a beautiful black woman who currently works as a nail technician. She is an entrepreneur. She is also a vegan and lives by the Rastafarian lifestyle. We will also we will be getting her input also on the topic as she is a black woman with dreads. So she will be able to give in, additional insight on her experience in the workplace. So hi, Mariah. How are you today? Hi, Kennedy. Thank you for having me. Of course. So Mariah, today I'm just talking about Black women and our experience with our hair and hairstyles in the workplace. Um, I wanted to ask you a few questions. I know that you do have dreads. Um, me personally, I'm a person. I do wear my hair naturally, but I do wear weaves as well, like braids and um, U-part wigs and things of that nature, mm -hmm. um, which I know that you as well wear different hairstyles even over your dreads. So I thought our two different views would be perfect to get for this podcast today. I agree. Yes. So my first question is, as a Black woman who clearly embraces her natural hair, you wear your hair in dreads, can you describe some adversities that you have faced in the workplace? Ooh, um, where should I start? <laughs> um, most recently, a few adversities I've been facing are um the very the question that i feel like every black woman gets that we cannot stand is that your real hair yes i, I get it so often and it's so frustrating because it feels very invasive it's very invasive um it's very disrespectful to me um outside of is that your real hair i've got in because i always say yes because if you can't tell i'm not going to tell you you should just know better than to ask as well. Yes. Um, along with that, is that your real hair? I've actually had a woman ask me or tell me, you should just cut it. Just just cut it off. Wow. Can can you give me a little bit more um, information on that situation? Someone actually asked you, why you at work? Why don't you just cut your hair? Yes. I, so I started working a side job outside of my nail business. Um, there was a, I would like to call her Middle Eastern woman because I don't want to um, incorrectly label anybody. Uh, um, she asked me, was it my real hair? And I looked at her in her face and I said, yes, it is. And she goes, wow, it's so long. How long did it take you to grow? And I told her 22 years, my entire life. 
She said, oh, okay. She walked away. And a few hours later, because at the job, I had to wear a hairnet. So my hair is pretty big. It's about 40 inches. It's pretty long. I have the hairnet on. I have a few on. And she goes, your hair looks like it's so much trouble. Why don't you just cut it off? Wow. <laughs> I, I'm i so very sorry that you even had to be asked that question. Um, I feel like that just that ties into the idea that Black people having a sense of self-expression through their hair um, is labeled as, like, rebellious. Um, They view that as us trying to go against the social norm. We're trying to, like, stand out to an extreme amount. Really, it's just my self-form of self-expression. It's my self-love. Why -hmm. would you ask me? Why would you ever ask anyone else? Why don't you just cut your hair? Because having long hair is actually something that um, is a Europeanized standard of beauty. They long hair is as more beautiful. However, long dreads, not the same thing. But why though? Because us growing dreads is us embracing our natural hair us not conforming to those Europeanized standard of beauty and saying, no, this is how I like myself to look. This is how I want to express myself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry you had to been asked that. So is, are there any other microaggressions that you can maybe think of that you've heard before, even if it's not directly towards you, but maybe you've heard them towards other Black women in the workplace? Um, a few other microaggressions I've dealt with are, um, personally with myself, I'm, again, I'm sure every black woman can relate to this when people of other races, cause I, it's never happened to me with another black woman. I've never had another black woman do this. I've never had another black man, another black human, um, do this to me. It's always someone of a different race when they will walk up to me. I'm talking, I'm doing whatever I'm, whatever it is I'm doing, whatever task I have at hand, I'm fully focused. And they put their hands directly into my head. Like they like graze my scalp or they touch the bottom of my hair. It's the biggest invasion of privacy I think I've ever experienced. Um, As you said earlier, I live by the Rastafarian lifestyle and your hair is power. Like uh, your hair, growing your hair out is a form of not only a self-expression, a form of self-love, your hair holds power. Yes. You're touching me. You don't know me and I don't know you. You're invading my personal space. And then the follow-up question, oh my gosh, is this your real hair? As you're touching it and I don't know you. It's so disgusting. Like, I'm a dog. Like you. Yes, and that I was like, so much, so less than other people. Yes, I was just about to comment and on that um, to add to what you were saying. I feel like that that's just connected to that that long term. Like it's kind of embedded in the way that white people view us, um, because like you said, they feeling like a dog. Like, why would you think that you can walk up and pet me? Literally, um, that's what and it, that's, that's what because it is. it's kind of how they view us. It's been it's been ingrained in the generations because we were slaves so they didn't view us as human they viewed us as property so there are still people even though we're 2021 
and the world is totally different now. There are still people who have been raised with the mindset and have been given these ideologies that black people are less than. And that if we do things like achieve great in school, grow long care, um, start our own businesses, that these are things that are just so extravagant. Like, how could you possibly do that when really we already had these capabilities? We already had long hair. Mm-hmm. Our hair is just kinky and coily, so it does not look as long as straightened hair. Yeah, but we grow long hair. That is a stereotype. Short, kinky hair, ninety percent of the time is way longer than it actually looks. Yeah, and we shouldn't have to explain that to anybody. It should just be, "This is my hair. This is my crown." I wear my hair this way. Respect it. You can have your thoughts inside of your head. Maybe is that her real hair? How did, how long did it take her to grow that? But don't ask me because it's a respect thing. And like you said, it is very invasive to ask a black woman that question because there I'm. I cannot speak for women, for any other women um, of different races, but I feel as though if I was to have the conversation that other women of other races probably would not feel that way. They probably haven't even been asked that question. Like, is that your real hair? It's almost insulting. It's like you're insinuating that I can't grow long hair. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're actually surprised that something this long and beautiful came out of my black body. Yeah. And that just goes back to the thought that black hair is snappy, short, Mm -hmm. It's unmanageable. Un- <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, I'm I'm loving this conversation, by the way. I <laughs> just wanted to say that. Um, my next question would be, have you ever interviewed somewhere or told that you needed to change your hairstyle for employment? <laughs> have I ever? Um, yes, quite often. Um, But most recently, one that sticks out to me, and also I like to add, I'm fully aware that certain hairstyles will not allow me the job. So depending on what job I'm going to, I will change my hair before I go so that I am interacted with more on a more respectable level. I'm spoken to more um, politely because if I go in with, uh, with like with a haircut, I've cut my hair off multiple times. So I go in with no hair. They're gonna treat me very um, aggressively, but if I if I notice when I go in with long hair in the middle part or a side part or something more Eurocentric, I'm talked to more politely. I'm treated very differently. But going back to the original question you asked me, yes, I have been told I need to change my hair. Um, most the one that sticks out to me um, most strongly was I was working at Chick Fil A. At the time, I, I loved having faux locks. Um, I currently have them now, but I wasn't, I didn't have my own. So I had faux locks in and they were brown and black. And I remember the manager calling me into the office and telling me that um, my hair was unprofessional and it was outside of their rules and regulations on um, policy on, of how their workers dress. Wow. Um, my locks were not real locks. So I couldn't say that I was living a Rastafarian lifestyle because they were not real. 
and the hair color that I had at the time was not something that I could humanly grow out of my own head because of the shade of brown it was it wasn't a, a natural brown for black women to have yes um wow I and this was Chick-fil-a yes Chick-fil-a at the Detroit Medical Center in Detroit this is Detroit wow. you know but they also you know fund a lot of companies that are against lgbtq communities and things like that so you know chick-fil-a is a little bit questionable so we'll 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 leave them where they are (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, we'll leave them where they are um me personally i i worked as a server at red robins um i remember when i got hired um at the time i wore my hair straightened um, cause I do kind of go back and forth about half the year. I'm straight half the year. I'm, I'm just wear naturally curly. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time I was wearing my hair straight when I got hired and there's two, there's two things that I, that vividly stick out to me as a, as a memory. The first one was, I remember being told about that there was a hair coloring policy. Mm-hmm. So you cannot wear any hair color that is not your natural color. So you can you can wear like a blonde, but if you want to go red, blue, green, you can't do that. So, you know, I'm thinking when I got hired, like, you know, well, that's no problem really wear like I don't dye my hair I've never dyed my hair so I'm like okay you know it's not a big issue for me but when I started working there I started to realize well wait a minute people have colored hair but it is only the white women mm-hmm. that have the colored hair so basically what you were telling trying to tell me is that if I want to wear a, a red wig a burgundy wig if I want to get me some colorful braids that that's not acceptable Yes. That's what you were telling me because my coworkers who are white women, but they're my same age, they were dyeing their hair green, purple, hot pink. There was never anything said, but I just always vividly remembered like I was, it was made out to be a big deal about the hair color to me. But, you know, I didn't say anything because it, it was a serving job. If I wanted to make a change, that wasn't the place to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, you know, I, I never said anything. That was just a battle I chose not to pick. Um, and then the next, the next memory I have very vividly is when I went from wearing straight hair and then I transformed over to curly. When I no, I just started going natural. I would wear my hair like in a curly bun, you know, like the pineapple style. Because as a server, you have to have your hair pulled up. Right. And I remember my manager, it was actually my manager, she asked me, like, how did you get your hair so curly like that? And I was confused. I was like, well, this is my natural curl pattern. Well, she said, well, yeah, but your curls are, like, really curly. Like, it's, like, loop-de-loop. And at first, I'm thinking to myself, like, What are you insinuating? What are you insinuating? But then as I thought on it a little bit longer, what she was trying to say is that I have a I have a looser curl pattern. 
So she probably found my curl pattern to be pretty for a black woman. That's what she was insinuating me. How did you get your black hair to look this way? Exactly. And I, it, it was it was it took me about three four days of thinking on it before I came to the conclusion. And I feel like that as a black woman that I really hate. Because it's like our relationship with our black hair and people judging our black hair and us accepting our black hair. It's like mother and child. Like, you know, you know, your child is going to come in the house and throw the backpack on the floor. So you're going to pick it up anyway. I know when I go into a job, they're going to judge me about my hair. So I'm just going to wear my hair straight anyway. I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't I shouldn't have to be having to steady be the bigger person I can't even express myself through my hair but everybody else can yes it's Um, not fair I would like to add something historically black women our hair has always been a problem I don't want to give the wrong the incorrect date because my mind is drawing a blank but I would like to say around when chattel slavery ended and black women were freed we were not allowed to wear our real hair in public. We were told to wear scarves to cover our hair up because they did not accept it because, again, our hair is powerful. So if you have your hair out, it was like, oh, my God, why do you have, like, it was already one thing because we're black women, but we are black women with long, pretty hair, and we are loving ourselves, and we are being, you know, not boisterous but proud of it. It was completely unacceptable. It kind of reminds me of today when we are proud of our hair and we are happy about it, completely unacceptable. It's okay when they do it, but when we start to do it, it's a problem. Exactly. And I've even, I don't, I've even recently seen now you see white women getting perms to okay. curl their hair. And That's- it's just, it's just, we won't even get into the, the, the stealing of the black culture like Ooh. it's like black women are our whole aesthetic is ghetto but when other people do it it's acceptable but we'll have oh. to do a second podcast for that's, that that's, that's a whole nother conversation don't, don't get you started Kennedy, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my last and final question before we end out this podcast is can you remember the first time that you realize your natural black hair was seen as problematic by others around you? Yes. Um, Probably as early as preschool or kindergarten. My mom has always sent us to predominantly white schools because it is thought or, you know, seen at white schools, you have a better education system. So she's always did what she thought was best. I, I I would never fought her for that. But growing up in a predominantly white school has made my hair the conversation, the conversational piece for class very often. Um, um, I've been told that my hair was a distraction because my mom would, would put all the barrettes in it to match my outfit. So if I had on pink and yellow, I had pink and yellow barrettes and ribbons and bows all throughout my hair with, the, with beads. And I was told that it was um, a distraction because it's quote-unquote loud Mm. and um, upset my teacher when I would turn my head and she could hear my beads clapping together or the other girls the other white children would want to talk about my hair during class 
So she had told my mom that I need to tone it down, that my hair was a distraction and it was too much and that the other kids could not focus on their schoolwork because of my hair. And, about five. and then, and that is, that is ridiculous to say that other children who are at school to learn, no, it was the teacher who she didn't your beach she didn't like the fact that you wore your hair a certain kind of way you were the only black student in her class Mm -hmm. so she probably she's not used to even seeing a little black girl look as beautiful as you did of course so it it made her feel threatened it probably made her feel like oh I'm not used to this and I need to gain some type of control because no and that is the problem like you it's it starts for black women it starts at kindergarten yes it does kindergarten we shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to keep going through life it's like at every stage it gets worse it just gets worse you're bullied about your hair in school the hairstyles you wear if you don't wear it like this, if you don't, if you don't get bundles and this and that, then oh. you don't have money or, you know, you don't, you're not as attractive. If you embrace your natural hair, then people use kids to kunte. Like it just, yeah. it this- just doesn't make sense. We go from that till we graduate up to getting jobs and then we're being bullied by our coworkers. We're being bullied by these people who have positions Really, all you all all you're doing is managing, but you will never manage me outside of this job. Yes, and, and, and that's what that's where the change needs to be made. It a change does need to be made, most definitely. Um, but then you bring into the question of trying to talk to people and them seeing us as still being aggressive because we have feelings. When you yep. tell them about themselves, or when you kind of cock your head to the side with that what face, they then start to take offense because you are offended. Yeah. Now now I'm now I'm becoming aggressive. Yes. Now, now I'm, I'm rough. I'm, now I am somebody who you need to control. When mm-hmm. in reality, all I'm doing is expressing myself and being me. Setting boundaries. And they don't and, like that. Yes. And I and as a black woman, I will never, ever allow a job to tell me how I should and should not wear my hair because my hair will never affect my abilities to do my job. It will never affect my level of intelligence and it will never affect the amount of skills that I have. And so I think that that is the first change we need to make is that when when they're when they're creating these hair policies and they're making these laws that say, oh, well, now they can't discriminate against stress. They they need to make it clear and cut because there's too many holes there's too many loopholes in the system and we cannot go another hundred years like this <laughs> oh we sure cannot it has to change has to be made immediately yes so i would like to thank you so very much for mariah for joining me for my first podcast today um i enjoyed having this conversation with you you gave a letter you gave a lot of great insight on the topic um i hope that this conversation added something to your experience as a black woman as well and i do wish you the best of luck on your journey as an entrepreneur wow thank you so much for having me kennedy thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak out and you know, share my story as well. I hope this helps other people. 
Um, just thank you so much. I really appreciate you for having me today. Thank you, Mariah. So to end out this podcast, I would just like to say that as a Black woman, I feel that my experience with hair has definitely been a good and a bad one. While as I get older, I am starting to see more adversities, more judgments, more discrimination towards me because of my hair. I'm also learning to love myself more. I'm also learning to embrace my hair more and embrace my heritage and my history. So I would just like to end out this podcast by saying I am personally pledging that in order for me to see a difference in the workplace and how black women are treated in regards to their hair, I will make sure that any time that I interview or start a new job, if I am faced with microaggressions, if I am told anything about a hair policy that I feel can be taken as racist or problematic, I pledge now to always speak up, to always stand in solidarity with my sisters, and to always make sure that I am being an active member and an active participant in making sure that natural black hair is being erased from the stereotype of negativity um thank you for listening and i will see you guys next time listen to her she's a black woman